Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J bonus interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Bonus, bonus, bonus. That's uh, correct. Thank you, Robert Mueller. And uh, yes, Bulls time. People go, Ben, it's a political talk show. Why are you talking Bulls? Because I love my beloved Bulls. All right? Hey, come on. All I right? say people, but that's me. <laughs> it's turned into one of our more, most popular bonus features. I love the fact uh, that it gets so many hits. And uh, as we do with all these Bulls uh, bonus features, uh, we feature the great Joe Colley, who, uh, my humble opinion, should have his own podcast. That's how good he is. Uh, he covers the Bulls for my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times. I've been trying to think of a good name for a Joe Colley podcast. Maybe I'll have it by the end of this one. All right. Uh, and uh, anyway, so I did an interview with Joe Colley. little tease, D. It's called Tease, okay? That's what they call it at radio. And uh, that'll come after our little discussion. I've assembled a crack troop of outstanding NBA observers who've come to this studio to discuss my beloved Bulls and basketball day, all right? And so as we do with all bonus shows on the Ben Jarofsky Show, I'm going to ask my distinguished guests to introduce themselves. And so I'm looking at distinguished guest number A. Actually, there's, well, you're B, D. Uh, <laughs> distinguished guest number A, introduce Number yourself. A. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? It's Miles Porter, you know, the, the intern of this amazing show. And, man, it's great to be back and talk some Bulls basketball. I was hanging out with them this weekend and ready to get more into it and talk about, you know, what's been going on with these guys this year. Miles yeah. is back, guys. Miles is back. Woo! <laughs> Miles, Miles, Miles. He should have his own podcast. Someday, By the, before we uh, uh, ask Miles what he was doing, uh, distinguished guest, letter B, uh, number two, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Dennis, <laughs> producer of this show. Don't be too excited. I'm about here it. every day. Uh, and you know, folks, uh, back home in Alton, they call him White Lightning. Nobody calls me that. <laughs> uh, so, yes, indeed, Miles uh, was our editor. We called him editor, not intern, uh, uh, on our show for how long, D? Like, I want to say six months, Miles? Those, yeah. Something like yeah. that. Uh, so the first question before we take the deep dive in the Bulls, what have you been up to for the last three months since you've been on the show? Well, I'm a, I'm a student at Roosevelt University, play on the baseball team. Uh, we started off in the fall. We don't need to talk about how we did in the fall. <laughs> you know, we're getting there. We're, we're, we're getting there. I think we got something good going with this core group of guys we have. Um, yeah, you know, finishing out school, got a year and a half left, and we'll graduate soon. And 
Hopefully, I'll be able to have a podcast like Benny Day. Yes. Come back to the Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah, if you uh, ever, like, drop Jim. out or anything, you know, <laughs> more than welcome here. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so let's start by talking about you were hanging out with the Bulls. Hanging uh, out with the Bulls. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. It was so cool. We went to a club called Sub 51. My cousin, Ben Foreman, he's one of the managers there, one of the owners of that place. And um, we just decided to go out that night. Didn't expect anything you know, didn't didn't expect anything special out of that night. We just wanted to go out, dance, have a good time. Um, so it was my, me, uh, William, and Malachi. And we, you know, we walked downstairs. Those are my friends, by the way. We walked downstairs to the club. It's a little under, an underground club. And the first person I see is this really, really, this really tall guy. It was just awkward looking. Then I give him the second look. I'm like, okay, that's Cristiano Felicio. I'm like, okay, cool. that's one of the bulls here. All right, whatever, great. Then I look, then I look forward. I was like, that's Chris Dunn hanging out by the couches. I looked to my right. I was like, oh, there's the rest of the Bulls. Denzel Valentine, Otto Porter, Zach Levine, Thaddeus Young, just all hanging out in the corner celebrating Denzel Valentine's birthday. And his brother was there. We were all dancing together and having a great time laughing. It was it was the greatest, greatest time ever. Uh, Chris Dunn is a very funny person, by the way. He's funny. We should get he Chris Dunn on this funny. show. Can you, did you get his phone number? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't so get, get the hookup, man. Get <laughs> man. Chris Dunn on this show. Talk about analyze the Bulls season so far. I tried to play it off cool when I was with him. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Been there before hanging out with them. Uh, so, you know, they welcomed you into their party. Yeah. Uh, ben is so jealous. I, yeah. Well, like, what if I, <laughs> hey, guys, hanging out? I'll hang out. Uh, do you think... <laughs> You think they would have welcomed me into their party? Uh, I think so. I oh, think God so. You, they're, they're, they're all honestly so nice. <laughs> no dress code where they were they're, at? No, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Ben's little not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I saw, uh, I was watching the Bulls game last night, and uh, Otto Porter, who was at the party with you, hanging with you, right? Otto Potter is, yeah. uh, uh, Porter is injured. And uh, so he was on the bench, and he I noticed uh, his pants had a hole in them. Now, I assume that's cut that way. That's part of fashion, T, okay? Mm -hmm. That's called fashion, all right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got pants with holes in them, all right? Cool. <laughs> You're so cool. He had his sunglasses on. You know, he had his dread swinging. When he had sunglasses inside? Nice, yeah, yeah. You know, you could tell. You could tell they're basketball players. You could tell they play for the Bulls. I was like, yeah, these, yeah, they're paid. Wow. So you just went up to him and said, hey, I'm Miles. And I was like, hey, I really like what you guys got going on here. Key, you know. Keep going out there, keep playing as best you can, and no good things will happen. Actually, that's not really how it went down. Here's how it went down. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, yeah, Chris uh, Dunn, my name is Miles Porter, and uh, I was with the Ben Jarowski show. Whoa, you were with Benny J? Yes, I was. Hey, get this man another round. That's how it went, Dr. D. Yeah, then you woke up. <laughs> All right, uh, let's discuss uh, the Bulls uh, in advance of Joe Colley's takedown of the Bulls. And uh, my first question uh, to both of you, uh, followers of basketball. And by the way, listeners out there who wonder where Sergio is, he couldn't make it today. We're going to get him on the next time. And Benny the Booker. Bookie. Uh, no, Benji the Bookie. Benji yeah, the he Bookie. He couldn't make it either. All right, he's anyway. He's, he's placing bets. Uh, biggest disappointment with the Chicago Bulls so far, I would put at the top of the list, uh, Laurie Marketin, and we talked at length about this with Joe Colley. Very disappointing start for uh, Laurie Marketin. And uh, I think that's a large degree why the Bulls are having trouble scoring the points they need to be anything other than a sub-500 team at 4-10. and 10. Miles, what's your take on that? I totally agree. I'm definitely going to say Laurie Marketin as well. I think one of the biggest issues that I've seen from him this year as a Bull is really like so uh, shot selection. And when he does get the open shots that we need him to make, Later on in the game, to finish off what we have going, he doesn't make them. 
obviously his points are down as well. So I think there's many there's many ways that you know many better ways that we can go with Laurie Markin. And right now, I think that what we have going on between him and Levine, like was previously said, I don't think is working out well. I never thought it was very, like a very good one-two punch that we had with them. Obviously, it had potential, but what I feel like right, right now with Laurie Markin and kind of a decline with Zach Levine, I feel like we kind of got to take a step back and really evaluate what's, what's going on with these two players right here. So Yeah, those are the, that's the cornerstone right there of the Chicago Bulls. And last night, uh, in a very disappointing loss to the Bucks, uh, last night uh, Zach Levine was 4 out of 16 uh, from the floor, and Laurie Markkinen was 2 out of 12. You're not going to win many games with your two stars uh, combined 6 for 28. That's uh, not going to get the job done. Uh, Dennis, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, Laurie Markkinen reminds me of me <laughs> when I go to a party and everyone's either smarter than me and or cooler than me. Uh-huh. I just want to disappear <laughs> and like just hide. That's how I feel Laurie Markkinen is in the game. Like, dude, where are you, man? You're disappearing. Needs to be a little more aggressive. That is so true. I, I thought that was even more so last year. Yeah. When he was good last year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I'd be at games, shoot the ball. Like, pa- dude, stand out. Yeah. yeah. Get angry. Pass the ball to Lori. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you, like, do you think there's something wrong with him, Dave? Do you think he's like, he's just like, I don't know. It's just, I don't, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to like give anything away what you were saying with Cowley, but like, yeah, he was talking about how he was bragging about how, uh, where he's from. There are a lot of goalies because they're very patient and that's cool and all, but I don't know. Get a little angry. Uh, yeah. Call someone a douchebag or something, you know? <laughs> Yeah, the Bulls could use a guy that does yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, too soft, Laurie. Uh, too soft, And Laurie. is it Laurie or Lowry? Ooh. You're asking me how to oh pronounce something? I was wondering. I mean, good God. I, you know me. <laughs> I can't get anything right. Uh, I don't know. Is it Lowry? My Lowry. I would say Lowry or Lowry. Lowry. What did I say, it's, Lori? You say Lori like Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot, okay? <laughs> and Lori Glenn. Uh, Lori Glenn, big fan, big friend of the Ben Drosky show. All right, uh, yeah, we're all disappointed with Lowry. What about, give me a positive, uh, Miles. Uh, I have some positives for the Chicago Bulls. I'm going to start off with my positive. I have many positives with the Bulls. I love <laughs> the rookies. I love Kobe uh, White. Yep. I was at the Kobe White game when he went off for seven threes in the fourth quarter. I was texting Dennis, oh, my God, he's fantastic. I was with, by the way, uh, Miles' dad, Cap, and I were at the game together. And uh, Miles' dad, you should know something about him, is, is um, very slow to jump on a bandwagon. He's a little more, uh, uh, how do I put, uh, he's a little less enthusiastic than as I am when it comes to the Bulls. Oh, and man. it's like he has to see it to believe it. Oh, Benny, it's just one game. Stop it. And I was like, this guy's unbelievable. Seven threes he hit. So I was really excited about him. Uh, and last night uh, in, the, in the game against the Bucks. Daniel Gafford went off 10 out of 12. He was the rookie center from Arkansas, had gotten no playing time. I urge everybody to check out the Joe Colley portion of this interview where Joe tried to, uh, tries to talk me down a little bit for my enthusiasm for uh, uh, Daniel Gafford. But the, I've never seen a bull player just hit the floor with as much energy and athleticism uh, as Daniel Gafford in, in this century. I mean, he was just like jumping out, grabbing passes, dunking the ball. More yeah. than Derrick Rose? Um, if Derrick Rose is this century, I've never seen uh, Derrick Rose. I guess would be the only one who comes close. That's a you know what? Damn, I got to give him credit. But did you watch Gafford slam those? I mean, 
those dunks. He would be catching the ball with one hand. Yeah, looking like Blake Griffin. With authority. Yeah. So much authority. So much he authority. He looked so confident. It was so fun to watch. I just, I loved it. I'm like, we could use this more often. Please. Yeah. Like, please. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind, you know, just come on. <laughs> so what are your uh, high points on a bowl season so far, Miles? You know, I'll put, I'll put that. I'll put like that the moment that we had last night. I'll definitely put that out there. Oh man, I, I like I love what what Gaffer did. I loved I loved the the authority, the the confidence, and you know just him just catching and shooting, or like him throwing it down, and just seeing him on the bench like with everybody else, just cheering on his teammates. Uh, also, Kobe White, I'm a big Kobe White fan. I think the sky's the limit for this kid. Obviously, he's still very young. He's only 19 years old, and through 14 games, he's averaged 13 points. But at the same time, I really love like his ability. I love his ability to take the ball down court or to shoot off the dribble. Um, you know, I think really just with him is shot selection, but I really feel like the, the sky's the limit with Kobe White. So that's that's my that's my favorite right now. Is going on not too much that I have like you know positive right now, but but I know I really like this young core. I'm gonna stick to this young core and believe in them because I know that they're gonna develop at you, some point. You talk about Daniel Gafford and Kobe White. Oh yeah, the young core. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that second team uh, when they put uh, Chris Dunn out there with. Um, uh, with uh, Kobe White has been fun to watch because Chris Dunn has been playing with such vehemence at, uh, on the defensive end. He hasn't been hitting his shot, but plays no. so hard at defense. I think that inspires Kobe White. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm enthusiastic by that as well. D, your uh, enthusiasm with the Bulls? I mean, there's little, but there's some. Um, we kept the same team as last year. <laughs> yeah. The only person we lost was Lopez, right? Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, from the end of the season, so we added more to yeah. our team. That's yeah. cool. Um, I think we got uh, some options come trading time if we need them. Wow, if people stay, able. if people stay healthy, right? We got a uh, multi. We got what, like, th- what three good point guards? Yeah, you got Chris Dunn, Kobe. I don't even know. Well, we he get can play this. point guard, yeah. you know. And uh, that Sadaransky fella. And what's that other guy's last name? You can't pronounce it all. Oh, uh, Ryan something or other. Andrecio or whatever. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of options. Like I said, Andrecio is not even in the ballpark. I have I have a lot of issues, folks. Uh, people. Oh, know really? Listen to the show with names, and sometimes I see the letters, and I'm like, habita, 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 and uh, that is one uh, the backup point card for the Bulls. My my positives are that you know we got a lot. We got players that. I don't know. We don't. We didn't lose a lot of players this year, and like I said, we got some options. You know, come trade deadline if we need to make some trades. But there's, you, I mean, shuffle some people through. This is something people should know about Dennis. Big NBA fan, big uh, professional basketball fan, and a lot of times you'll be enthusiastically tell me about a, this or that player, generally from another team. Uh, is there anybody on the Bulls? Any one player that you're excited? Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell. I like him. He plays defense. I like watching him play defense. You see his, his pivot foot. He's I don't know. He's just he's he's good on defense. Yeah, I uh, I gotta say, Kobe I like w- defense. <laughs> like defense. Well, Wendell Carter is one guy. We talk about that with Joe Colley. We're gonna get into that uh, in a little bit. All right, surprises in the league as a whole. Miles, what are your biggest surprises in the NBA? As Nobody well? take mine. <laughs> My personal biggest surprise to me is Dwight Howard. Damn, that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> You got to come up with a new one now. Uh, talk about Dwight Howard. I really, I really think just the presence that he brings to the Lakers kind of like is what makes that team more whole. I like that he's the section, the second option behind uh, Javale McGee as a center. Um, I just, I, I really, I really feel like you know playing with LeBron and things that we know that he's that Dwight Howard has been through in his career. You know, he's had his ups, he's had his downs, and I think he's at a point 
in his career where the maturity is starting to match the playing for his age. And I just, I really like what he's done. I really, I really think that he's embracing his role as not the starting center, but he's more of a role player. But when he's out there, he's facilitating the ball perfectly. He's obviously not scoring as much as he was. His minutes are obviously down from what they used to be, but I really enjoy what he's brought to the Lakers and, you know, what's making this team more complete. Obviously, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and, you know, Avery Bradley, but uh, Dwight Howard, to me, in my opinion, is a very necessary addition to that team when they're not on the court. Yeah. Uh, Dennis? What about you, Ben? Because uh, i got to think of a new one. All right. Well, I'll <laughs> tell you right now, my biggest surprise, and I'm going to butcher his name, uh, the guard for the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Dacic. Doncic. No, I think the end is silent. I think I'm right in this case, and you're wrong. So you think it's Dacic? Dacic. Dacic. Uh, sounds like Jokic. No, yeah. it's, it's Doncic. Doncic. <laughs> How about if I just call him Luca? There you go. Or how about if I just call him that guy that plays for the Mavericks? Because he's only in the second year. You know my. Uh, but he won Rookie of the Year. You know my policy, Anisti. You know my policy. I don't even call rookies <clears throat> by name generally. I just call him the rookie. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, when I was at the rookie game where Kobe White exploded for seven three points, seven three pointers in the fourth quarter, uh, as I mentioned, I was at that game. I kept yelling, "Put the rookie in! Put the rookie in!" And <laughs> other fans were turning around. Uh, do you mean uh, Daniel Gafford or Kobe White? Nobody said that. They were just like, "Who's that weird guy?" Uh, <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so he's only in his second year, uh, Luka Dakic, for uh, the uh, Dallas Mavericks. The dude is averaging a, close to a triple-double. He had 42 points last night, uh, I think 10 rebounds and 11 assists. He had a triple-double to over 40 points. It's pretty amazing. Uh, in the whole history of the game, I think there's only a couple guys who have even done that. I, I never s- could have vaguely predicted that he would have had this kind of a start uh, the the Mavericks look like they're going to be a playoff team, and uh, I got to tell you, he's one of these guys that I now follow. You you know, there's not really a whole lot to follow with my beloved Bulls, so I follow this guy. Like, what's he going to do next? And um, 42 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists—that's extraordinary. That means it's it's it means not only is facilitating the uh, offense, but when it's necessary, he's just taking over. Well, apparently, he's been like playing with grownups since he was like a teenager, yeah. right? Like 13, 14. Yeah. He was like playing with pros. Much the way you did in radio. Oh, yeah. You were like oh, five yeah. years old uh-huh. and you were doing radio. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so now you have time to think about it. Your biggest surprise. My biggest surprise. Uh, the Miami Heat. Excellent. Kendrick Nunn. From Chicago. Oh, he's from Chicago? For 10 trivia points. What high school did he go oh, to? Oh, God. Here we go. Whitney Young. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Uh, Simeon. Excellent. Oh, my God. Yeah, Simeon was one or two. You know, It could have been Morgan Park, I guess. Uh, yeah, he's Simeon grad. Well, that's my biggest surprise so far. Uh, I just thought Jimmy Butler would go on that team, and they would just kind of be the same that they were last year. You know, they didn't really pick anyone else up. But that rookie, it's the G League. I, I saw something about that, how the G League, a lot of, uh, like, Kendrick Nunn's the G League. Um, there was someone else who was on the G League. Daniel Gafford, who had the extraordinary game for the Bulls the other uh, last night where he was 10 for 12, spent about the last – week i want to say uh in the g league what's was, in the water at that g league oh hold on i'm gonna have some of the water here <laughs> yeah mm. love the water at the chicago there's State. another player though i can't remember who it is who um was they were in the g league and now they're playing and they're killing it uh miles can you think so of it was that? kendrick nunn he was one of them i'm not sure i'm not sure all right, well, so we'll close down this segment with things to look forward to before our next segment. Make a prediction, Miles. What uh, will be an astonishing thing that no one sees right now that we'll be, we'll be talking about in two weeks? I think maybe, maybe the Bulls might 
be at least two games below 500. Whoa, you think My, they're going to make a run? I think they're going to make a little run. I think they're going to really, you know, start to put things together a little bit. Not saying they're going to, you know, change the league or like move up in the rankings where they are in the East. But I think they're going to, you know, maybe start to put together a couple more wins. I think they have it in them. Young Dennis. Chris Boucher or Boucher is his name. From the, He's on the Raptors. Oh, yeah. He's, he, he's a G League guy. Yeah, he's a G League guy. Speaking of the Raptors, I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Raptors because they lost Kawhi Leonard, but they still got a really good team, and I think they'll be right there in the playoffs still. So what's your prediction for the next two weeks? Something that we'll be talking about that in two weeks that we didn't see coming. Oh, okay. All right. This is where I'll play a glass half empty. All right, here we go. Uh-oh. Dwight Howard will get hurt. Oh, that's horrible. God. <laughs> Dwight, no. I'm sending out positive vibes, Dwight. <laughs> Those are positive vibes. I'm going to throw this out there, and this is a perfect prelude to Joe Collins' interview to come. Young Daniel Gafford oh. my beloved Chicago Bulls will be the talk of the town. 10 of 12 last night. Dunking this, dunking that. Grab five rebounds, block the shot, get that weak beep out of here. <laughs> Daniel Gafford, we'll be talking about him in two weeks, all right? Very good. Miles, thank you very much. Dr. D, thank you oh, very yeah. much. I get and, paid to do this. That's fine. Uh, well, I thank you anyway, all right? Uh, and now we move on to Joe Colley. Oh, whatever. It's a political talk show that uh, twice a month does bull stuff. Are you ready? <laughs> That's all right. It's okay. Should I just start doing it? Yep. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our guest is Joe Cowley, the distinguished beat writer for my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times. And as everybody knows, he covers the Chicago Bulls. My beloved Chicago Bulls, Joe. They're make, they're putting me through hell right now, Joe Cowley. It's been rough a rough start as we speak. Uh, the Bulls are 4-10. and 10, It's And... Uh, uh, they, this was the easy part of the schedule, Joe. I mean, I'm looking at games in my mind. Uh, they lost to Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost to the New York Knicks. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets. I'm doing this off the top of my head, Joe. Uh, in my mind, they should be at least 7-7. Seven seven. That's my early read. What's your early read? I mean, you summed it up. It's been, I mean, Brooklyn without Kyrie and, and New York in New York and the Cavs. And, 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 and this has been a disastrous start in so many ways, not only schedule wise that you had a really good entry into this season, a chance to probably start off five and two, if you really did consider yourself a playoff team, like they did, like the front office was, was patting themselves on the back doing on, on media day. And not only are you four and 10 in that start, but a completely broken looking team? The two foundational pieces in Zach Levine and, and Lowry Markinen um, have serious cracks in them. Obviously, Lowry leading that way. Uh, you're force feeding this offense of three point shooting where you're ninth in the league in, in, in three point attempts, but 26th in the league in, in three point field goal percentage. So obviously that offense is not working with this group. Um, you have a front office that still doesn't understand that you need superstars to compete in this league. And then I think the most telling thing is after that last loss to Milwaukee on Monday night, Jim Boylan comes out and he's talking about the fourth quarter, how, you know, they're within three with about five minutes left. And he went back to the base look of his starters, three of the starters, specifically Lowry and, and, and Zach being two of those. And uh, they don't get it done. And he even said, you know, Milwaukee had a go-to guy in, in Giannis. 
and we're not there yet. So I think that was a complete indictment of just how flawed this roster is. All right. Before we get into the specifics of the flaws and Zach and Lowry, let me, you, you made a reference to the New York, or maybe I made reference and you followed up, but I just got to ask you this question. The Bulls lost to the Knicks in the garden early on in the season. And the thing that struck me, Joe, was Bobby Portis, the former Bull, pounding his chest, acting with vehemence as he went after the Bulls, like a revenge game. A couple things. One, I can't recall ever a a player that gets traded to the Bulls playing with such ferocity against his old team. And yet this is a common theme with ex-Bulls. Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, they come back. They're just determined. It's like they got this vengeance uh, they want to seek against the Chicago Bulls. And the Bulls seem to let him get away with it. You've alluded to this uh, in a couple of articles or columns, Joe. Is there an issue with the Bulls where their hearts aren't into it, uh, that they don't feel the same passion about the game that, let's say, a Bobby Portis feels? Uh, is there a lack of toughness with the Chicago Bulls? What's your thoughts? Well, that last statement is, the, is the, I think, the, the one that's most true. They're just not a tough team. I mean, when the two foundation pieces, you know, Zach is, on a, on a good playoff team, Zach is a third option. I mean, that's just what he is. I think – I don't know if we've reached the ceiling, but we're getting close to the ceiling of what he is. Okay. But, you know, he's that California laid back, cool, UCLA, went to Minnesota, never was taught winning. Garnett tried to teach that group winning, but none of them really caught on to it. Um, So he's never really won at any substantial level. Um, And I'm talking about big winning. You know, UCLA, you are what you are. But, I mean, UCLA didn't make a run with Zach Levine, um, a, a run of substance. So, and then you look at the other side, Lowry, you know, he is kind of a, that, and, and he even admits there's a reason that uh, Finnish goalies are so good at hockey because we have no emotion. I mean, that was something he even explained to me. We don't have a lot of emotion. We don't get bent out of shape when things are going bad. We make excellent hockey goalies. That's great, but this ain't hockey. And, and so um, therein lies the problem. You know, you don't, you have a tough guy coach who wants toughness out of his team and is trying to fabricate that toughness. And I don't know if you can teach toughness. I think you have it or you don't. You can fake toughness, but I don't know if you can sustain it, if it can be sustained over a long period of time. And you would think, you know, a good example, there's two good examples. The the Minnesota-Philadelphia game last year, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler publicly called cat the big meow i mean just label him the big meow and 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 took his manhood publicly and what happened the first time jimmy butler came in and played minnesota you think someone would put him on his ass not one person did and not only did philly blow them out but towns and wiggins tapped out of the game and checked out so you can't fake toughness. Now you got Towns this year trying to be this fake tough guy with Joel Embiid. And, 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 and then the other part is the game you brought up. Bobby Portis, you knew he was coming to clown you. You knew he was going to come hard at you in New York. And the only one that spoke up and was embarrassed about it is a 20-year-old second-year guy who's only played 44 games as of last year and then however he's made has played this year in Wendell Carter Jr., That's your leadership tough guy, a second-year guy. So that's an indictment on the guys that have been around for six years like Zach or your third year like Lowry, who's who's 
who's supposed to be this pillar that they're they're basing this rebuild on. So to me, those are two good examples of of what's wrong with the Bulls and, and toughness in the NBA. All right. Well, and I'll, the other point I was making, you, I'm I'm looking at the Bulls lineup right now. Uh, okay, Cornette is out with sinus uh, woes. He he used to play for the Knicks. I didn't see Cornette go into that uh, New York Knicks game saying, I'm going to show the Knicks what they lost. Uh, Thaddeus Young, who came to Bulls from the Pacers. I didn't see Thaddeus Young go into that Pacer game saying, I'm going to show the Pacers what I'm all about. Saturday, right, right. You know, I don't see four, players come to the Bulls. It's like they come to the Bulls and I could chill out and get a paycheck. You know what I mean? They don't seem to have a chip on their shoulder, Joe, the way ex-Bulls do. Am I reading too much into it or do you think I'm on to something? No, I mean, Thad, Thad is privately behind doors trying to make Lowry and make Zach be the faces of that toughness because they are considered the faces of that organization. You know, I don't think it's Zad's, uh, Thad's place to come in here and, and be the enforcer. I don't think that's what his role is. Um, he's a no-nonsense guy, but he's never had a reputation of, of an enforcer. Yeah. He's just not an excuse maker. And the other guy, too, that's not a big excuse maker is Otto Porter, but how are you supposed to have any kind of toughness when your foot right now is mush and you can't play yeah. and you're kind of an, uh, uh, not the loudest guy anyway. You lead more by example, but it's hard to lead by example when you're not playing. So there's a couple things that, you know, this has to be, this kind of um, philosophy has to be on the done carried out by the faces of the team. And, and it's not. And, and so, I don't know how you drum that up or how you manufacture that. All right, let's talk about Laurie Markkinen. Uh, your article, same story for Laurie. Uh, that subhead, his season-long struggles continue in Bulls' latest loss. It depicts uh, the struggles he had last in last night's game against the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, the game that was played uh, December, uh, excuse me, November 18th. All right, uh, I've been thinking about this, Joe. I've been following basketball a long time. I've never seen a player do as uh, a Bulls player, I should say, have as much a regression in a year as Laurie has done this year. He had two very promising seasons in the NBA. Uh, right. he, he had that stretch last year where he was healthy before he just, I think he just got exhausted, where he looked as strong as any power forward in the league, averaging 25 points a game or 10 rebounds, something like that. It was an amazing like two-week stretch. This year... He's completely regressed. He's averaging about 14 points a game. Last night, he was 2 for 12. Uh, he's missing wide-open threes. Uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the game against um, uh, the Kobe White game against the Knicks, he had every time he tried to – three times in a row, he had the ball stripped from him when he was trying to drive the basket. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Laurie Markkinen. What's your theory? You know, I mean, that's the biggest head scratcher right now with this team. You know, obviously I've asked about the added muscle and because he does look stiff. He does look not as athletic. And obviously he did pound the weights this offseason. Um, he wanted to be stronger in the post. He didn't think he lost anything from a, from an athletic standpoint because we asked him about that right when he checked into camp. Um, but something doesn't look right now. They, they've thrown the, the oblique out there. I'm not buying that. I think they're just trying to paint an excuse just like they did the sinuses for Cornette as an excuse to his poor play, um, you know, there might be something there. But if you're playing, if you're out there, you're playing, you should be playing at a level that's acceptable. Um, and they've talked to – and Lowry said the new offense is kind of – he just can't find his place. And, 
you know, on paper, when you look at the offense and you look at the skill set of Zach and Lowry, it should be a perfect fit. You have a guy who's athletic with the ball in his hand, can play pick and roll, can attack the, the, the bigger man if they switch. And then you have Lowry who can not only pick and roll and is athletic enough to go to the hoop, but could also pick and pop off that roll. And, and um, it's just not being done. And they, you know, I think there were times last year where, where he, well, the, here's the thing. He and Zach have never played well together. I mean, when he's had, when Lowry's had his great spells, it's mostly been, been because of Chris Dunn and Chris Dunn finding, or Lowry just taking the ball off the rim and taking it down the floor himself like he did a lot of throughout last February in that 11-game stint you brought up where he looked like one of the more dominant seven-footers in the game. Um, so, that you know, that's the big head-scratcher is – is it, is it a loss of confidence now? Is it, you know, he said he's never gone through a slump like this. Can he handle that? Is it the, the added muscle? And it's just kind of changed his body in, in, a, in, a, in a negative way. So, you know, I think if we all knew the answers, including the Bulls and Lowry Marketing, they would go ahead and, and start fixing that. But, you know, that's the big head scratcher right now is what's wrong with this guy and how, and how do you fix him? How do you get him back? Yeah, I you were very I thought uh, fair to him in today's story. You you, you didn't want to put all of uh, the onus of the four and ten start on Laurie Markkinen, uh, but I think it's unavoidable when I think of the Bulls as uh, four and ten as opposed to seven and seven, which I think it would be a realistic expectation at this stage, seven and seven. Uh, you got I got to take into consideration that Laurie Markkinen's averaging about five points less a game than he averaged last year. And, um, you know, he's at 14.1, and he's averaging less rebounds. Now, if, it, if muscle were the issue with uh, that is hurting his shot, I don't think that would hurt his rebounding, but his rebounding's down as well. Yeah, I mean, his whole game's affected. His three-point shooting is atrocious. In fourth quarters, he's completely disappearing. Um, rebounding is, is, I think it's either at where it was as a rookie or a bit below. I think it's seven-something after it jumped up to nine last year. Um, across the board, a complete disaster and a disastrous start for this guy. And here's my fear. I just wrote a column that I posted. Here's going to be my fear with all of this. Okay. They're going to, you know, they're going to beat this drum that, you know, we're working on things. We're developing these guys, but yet we still have playoffs in mind, even though we're developing guys. And, and, you know, that's the buzzword. The last couple of days is, is that, that beat their chest playoff talk is now development talk, which is always a, 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 uh, a sign to the fans to watch out because this is going to follow. So come February where some of the teams let go of the rope in the month of February or March, they're going to go on a hot streak or a hot run. Maybe it's in January. The schedule just kind of aligns itself and they're going to sell to the public. Oh, here it is. They're now they're getting it. This is the turnaround. This is the team we've been expecting. Forget that they've already dug a hole. <laughs> that's probably going to be too hard to get out of. And they're going to sell that. And try to sell that and put that down the fans' throats yet again, that this rebuild's going in the right direction and stay with it, stay the course. Where my argument is, you have to actually look at the totality of this thing from last year to the pieces you've added this year or in the offseason to what this start is against an easy schedule. And you have to make a decision as an organization that you either think this rebuild is working or it's not working. And in my estimation, this is year three when I'm watching a Phoenix team that's younger play better than the Bulls, an Atlanta team 
that the record isn't much different than the Bulls, and they've had some tough losses. But I like where their rebuild is more than the Bulls, and they have and 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 they have younger and they have younger core pieces starting with the point guard than the Bulls do. I mean, you have to look around the league and say, okay, where do we stack up in the rebuild department? And if we are going to stay the course with these guys, is it set up that? 2021, we're going to be able to track the big free agent, and my argument is no. Yeah. And so, if you're going to if you're going to pull the plug, you you got to you got to start thinking about doing it now. All right, let's. Uh, I've been concentrating glass uh, half empty. Uh, let's conclu- conclude the bulls part of this conversation with glass uh, half full. Anything that uh, in the early stages that excites you about the Chicago Bulls? Oh. <laughs> um. I mean, the Gafford game last night, obviously, is something you can at least say, okay, can he sustain this and be a part of the rotation? Yeah. And then, But the question is, okay, well, they're saying that Cornette was a, was a health thing. When he comes back, does that push Gafford out? I mean, you know, and here's the thing I don't understand. The Bobby Portis game in New York, you know who would have been perfect for that game to put on Bobby? Gafford. Yeah. High energy, athletic, fearless, kind of – Bobby, but a better athlete from Arkansas. From Arkansas, exactly. So to me, that would have been the perfect guy to throw throw out there and, and put on. They didn't. It is what it is. But um, so yeah, the Gafford game is exciting. The uh, Kobe White has been exciting. I, I mean, at some point, you have to teach a kid's shot selection because yeah. he has no consciousness <laughs> of a red light or yeah. a yellow light. Yeah. And 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 that's fine. Um, and, you know, I've kind of likened his career path, and I'm not saying he is the next James Harden. Don't mistake what I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm saying that there is a model that OKC did where you didn't have a guy that was a point guard. You pretended he was, like the Bulls pretended Kobe White was a point guard on draft night. Yeah. But we all know he's not. But you put that guy on the bench with the second unit. You let him just go out there, score, 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 and along the way learn the, the, the point guard craft. And that's what OKC did with, with James Harden, and we saw what he became. So there obviously is a, a, a example that they can follow, and that doesn't mean he becomes James Harden, but there's at least a, you know, because he's not going to surpass Zach unless you move Zach, so he's always going to kind of be that sixth guy, that bench guy who plays the two guard. Um, but you could kind of bring him along slowly as a point guard. But you at least have to be excited about the way he just goes out there and just can heat up so quickly. Uh, that's about it. I, I mean, if you're asking me to half, half, you know, half full this cup, you know, I got to pour it on the floor and say there's not, <laughs> not more drops left in there. Yeah. Well, I actually, I think I said this. I happened to the one game I've been to this year was the uh, you called it the Kobe White game, and uh, that filled me with hope. I, I was a big fan of Ben Gordon's shooting. I love Ben Gordon. And right. uh, Kobe White, just that where he just the confidence to take the shot. Uh, he didn't hesitate ever. I appreciated that. You know, you're right. That some of the shots are ill-advised, uh, but on the other hand, uh, I'd rather do that than, which is so often the case. Joe, watch Laurie Markin and pass up an open shot. Do you follow me? I mean, I'd rather err on the side. I got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and look, and uh, you would hope that, you know, I don't know what the solution is for Lowry. I don't know. If separating him and Zach 
more often in the rotation. We'll do something. Maybe let Lowry get back to working with Chris Dunmore. I don't, I don't know. That's for them to figure out. I would like to see that. I thought Chris and Lowry have always had something kind of that connects the two, um, more so than Zach and Lowry. But, again, you would have to split your rotation and do some funky things with the rotation in order for that to work. So, um, you know, I, I don't have a solution. I don't have a lot of joy to bring you. Um, for your beloved Chicago Bulls, it's been as – I remember – didn't we do the prediction show? And yes. you thought uh, – did I, did I pick the lowest? I, I never heard what everyone I, else I, said. I don't have uh, the list in front of me, but, uh, no, I don't think you were the lowest. I, oh, was, okay. I was definitely uh, drinking way too much of the Bulls Kool-Aid, uh, and I will lose abysmally on the prediction. And I knew that as soon as I saw them lose that game to the Knicks. I just I, that's that was a tough loss. That yeah. Bobby Portis pounding his chest, nobody's stopping him. All right, uh, and I and I'm going to hold off until the next segment on being excited uh, about uh, Daniel Gaffney. It's just one game, and uh, assuming Gafford, excuse me, and uh, it's just one game. Uh, but man. Joe Collins. That tells me you're searching. Yeah. But that's okay. You're just searching. And that's fine. Uh, searching. You found one game, one guy. Just grab onto him, hold his leg, and hope he carries you across a line of happiness. Okay. All right. So before I go, last question. League wide. Your biggest surprise, league wide. Uh, I think it's the Phoenix Suns. You know, they lose their big man in the center, uh, DeAndre Ayton, with the, uh, with the PED suspension. Um, and everyone thinks, okay, it's going to be another disastrous year in, in Phoenix. And I believe they are the youngest team. I think they're younger than the Bulls uh, across the board. Um, and playing solid basketball, I think 500 or a little above 500 in the West, too. So I think they're the biggest surprise. I don't know if it's sustainable. Um, it'd be nice to see when Aiton returns if they actually do have something um, that they can move forward with. But to me, that's the. Uh, that's one of the bigger surprises and how bad Golden State is. And the other surprise, it's real nice and easy to say Steve Kerr is this great coach, but yeah. when you actually got a coach, you're kind of exposed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, uh, Sonny Cox, the legendary coach from King High, put it best. He goes, it's the players. If you don't have the players, you know, you're not going to win the game. And Yeah, wasn't it, wasn't it Bobby Bowden says it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Johns and Joes? Who said that? Bobby Bowden. Yeah, no, that is true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Joe Colley, uh, thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving. I, I won't be calling you again until after Thanksgiving. So have a great Thanksgiving, and I'm going to keep my hope alive for my beloved Bulls, all right? I'm not going to grab, throw- grab onto that Daniel Gafford leg and just hold on. <laughs> All right. That's Joe Colley. Thanks so much, Joe. All right. Anytime, Ben. All right. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.